Hello and welcome. I'm Sean. And I'm Kat. And this is another episode of Been There, Seen That. This is our 37th episode. Today we're covering 27. (laughs) (laughs) It's number 27 today. (laughs) And we're covering um, a comedy today. Today's episode is Bridesmaids. (laughs) So please tell me about the first time that you saw Bridesmaids, because to me, this comedy was revolutionary. Yikes. I hate to like burst your bubble. I don't remember. Like, I remember watching it and being like, oh, that was funny. But I don't remember the first time I saw it, really. Okay. I mean, did you like walk away like thinking that was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen? No. Interesting. This is one of the few movies that'll actually get some audible laughs from me. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I think I've mentioned this before. I'm definitely just not a comedy person. I don't know. Like comedies don't really get me. I'll never sit down and be like, ooh, I'm in the mood for a good comedy today. That's fair. I think that what really surprised me the most about this is that Bridesmaids was nominated for two Academy Awards. What? It was nominated for Best Writing, Original Screenplay. And here's the shocker one for me. Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role for Melissa McCarthy. No way. Okay, that's shocking to me. But just because, like, not that Bridesmaids isn't a good movie, but the Academy does not like sci-fi movies and they don't like comedies and they don't like horror. Right. That's pretty, like, universally accepted. And I don't know. I was reading it and I was surprised when I saw the Academy Award nominations. But then when I saw that it was for Melissa McCarthy, I was like, that's kind of fitting because I was even thinking to myself as I was watching this is a character that isn't really like Melissa McCarthy. Like, I feel like all her Mm -hmm. other characters are very similar and it's kind of just almost her sprinkling herself into the character. But I feel like she really just fully embodied Megan and gave us this new, funny, over-the-top character. She is, okay, hot take. (laughs) She's probably the only one that consistently made me laugh throughout this entire film. Like, pretty much anything that came out of her mouth got a laugh from me. Exactly. And she's the one that will get the audible laughs from me. Yeah, she's so funny. (laughs) This cast is like a huge cast of comedy powerhouses. I mean, you have Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph headlining it. And this was Kristen Wiig's film debut. So, well, in in a leading role, yeah. I think everybody definitely killed it acting wise. And it's not one of those comedies that's like, "Mm, that was awkward and didn't hit. Like, I think it definitely hits where it needs to. And again, did get some audible laughs from me every time I watch it. Like, I laugh during this movie. I'm never not going to want to watch Bridesmaids. But again, that's just like my weird comedy thing. I wouldn't sit down and put it on myself, probably. It's a feel good movie. And you can ask anyone if they've seen Bridesmaids and what they think about it. And most people, the general consensus is going to be, oh my God, I love Bridesmaids or Bridesmaids is hilarious. There's never really, at least I've never heard anything negative said about Bridesmaids. And honestly, if you have anything negative to say about Bridesmaids, maybe keep that to yourself. (laughs) Sean's a big fan over here. So right before we get started, I'm going to give you a spoiler warning. We are going to be talking about Bridesmaids in its entirety. So like Sean said, if you haven't seen it at this point, maybe get on that. But with that being said, let's get started. So let's talk about the plot a little bit. 
we open up and essentially this film follows Annie. Annie is played by Kristen Wiig and she's kind of this failure to launch almost. She's good way to describe it. I don't really know if I would necessarily say it's a full failure to launch because she has like moved out and she has roommates and random. Her roommate is Rebel Wilson. And I think this (laughs) might have been one of the first movies I saw Rebel Wilson in. It was either this or what to expect when expecting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you. I think Rebel Wilson is hilarious. And I know a lot of people don't think she is, but I am always laughing no matter the movie she's in. I think she's very funny. And okay, total side note, but did you see that new movie that she's in on Netflix? Just came out this week. Senior year. I started it. I have to finish it actually, but I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. Okay. I watched it all the way through. I recommend it. It's like a good laugh. I wouldn't say it's like the best film of the year or anything, but it's definitely like a nice, easy watch through. But I was surprised to kind of see that that seems kind of out of her. I don't know. It was like a second debut for her almost. I feel like a lot of people after her weight loss journey, maybe kind of just view her different. Because I feel like a lot of the times her character's punchline was that she was heavy set, and it's kind of problematic. But she embodied it and she just lived up to it and let her comedy speak for itself. And I feel like that put her in the position to kind of finally be noticed. Because in today's society, and as a starving artist, you also, I'm sure, know that (laughs) what it comes down to is getting your foot in the door and getting them to notice you. And from there is when you'll start getting those offers. And I feel like maybe when she lost the weight, she kind of used the reputation and the name she already made for herself to then kind of almost have like a rebirth. And I don't know, many, many rebel Wilson sidebar that we're having here. I know it's like in this movie, she plays a very popular cheerleader who's woken up like out of a coma. I think it was like 30 years, 20 Whatever. Several years later, and in it's senior like, year, by the way, not bridesmaids. In senior year, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking. We're on our Rebel Wilson rant right now, but yeah, it's interesting to see how she's transitioned after playing like the heavy girl throughout pretty much her entire career into oh yeah, I'm now gonna play the popular cheerleader and I'm gonna kill it in this role. And it's not a super serious movie, and I'm still doing comedy and I'm still killing it. So good for her, honestly. So let's get back to bridesmaids a little bit. So right? we're with Annie, <laughs> and again, failure to launch syndrome doesn't really know what's going on. It opens up with her having a little fling with John Hamm, if you will. It's a really awkwardly funny sex scene. Um, <laughs> it's way it, over the top. It's way over the top. And I think John Hamm is secretly a comedian as well. I know a lot of people know him from like Mad Men and stuff like that. And he is a like phenomenal actor. But mm-hmm. I was surprised by his comedy abilities i don't know him that well do i know him what else is he in why is he not on here on imdb yeah (laughs) oh are you on the bridesmaids page yeah okay it's because he's not credited in bridesmaids oh he didn't want to be credited in it because he thought that funny enough he thought that his dramatic acting abilities would overshadow the fact that this was a comedy and give the wrong impression to people (laughs) that were only familiar with his work. Oh my god, what? I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to be credited, I mean, that's kind of just really hurting you. It's one less credit for you. Weird. Okay, anyway, moving on. (laughs) So she's she's having this, like, super raunchy sex scene. That's, like, okay, I know this movie came out in 2011, but it's very, like, we're opening on female comedians being very raunchy and, like, I think that's it like doesn't start off on the right foot for me but i also do know that you know this 
came out in 2011 and that's just kind of how female comedy was and still is. I'd go far enough to say that Bridesmaids kind of paved the way for female comedies to come up into like the spotlight. Mind you, I don't think any have really succeeded on the level that Bridesmaids had since like it came out. But you do still have a few female-led comedies that are really strong. I mean, we talked about Booksmart, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I don't really think looking at what's come out in between Bridesmaids and now in terms of comedy, I don't really think there's been a female-led comedy that sticks with me as much as either Booksmart or Bridesmaids. Those are like my two top-tier comedy movies. I would definitely agree with that. And another thing about Bridesmaids is that it's a really good movie for kind of any occasion. It has moments of sadness and it has moments of, obviously, humor. And my favorite thing is just how many people are in it. So you have Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Rebel Wilson, Rose Byrne, Ellie Kemper, And so, yeah, you're just kind of getting a lot of these people. And it's funny. I think a lot of them kind of grew after Bridesmaids. They kind of became leading ladies, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I think after this, everybody's career kind of... I mean, when you're in a movie that does so well and becomes so successful as Bridesmaids, it's going to like launch everybody kind of like into the stratosphere. Exactly. So Annie's friends with Lillian and Lillian is played by Maya Rudolph and it opens up and you kind of learn a little bit about their friend dynamic and they've been lifelong friends since they were children, but they're always there for each other at the end of the day. My favorite opening moment with them is they're in the park and there's almost like (laughs) this hardcore insanity exercise class happening a few yards away from them, but they didn't want to pay for it. So they're hiding behind a tree and just doing all the exercises with the people. But (laughs) I don't know. I just, that was funny to me. So you're learning their dynamic and Lillian gets engaged. Surprise, surprise. So she asks Annie to be her maid of honor. And then you kind of open up into the introduction of the bridesmaids, if you will. So we have Helen, who's played by Rose Byrne, and she's a very high-class woman, knows what she wants, and kind of likes to upstage everyone. She definitely wants to be in control of this wedding. And right from the get-go, you can tell that she has this little bit of competitiveness between her and Annie. Yeah, I feel like Rose... Rose Byrne. (laughs) I feel like... I feel like Helen is like we all know that that Helen girl (laughs) and like every wedding you go to there's a Helen and oh she just got under my skin from like (laughs) the minute she was on screen because she's just very fake nice but she knows what she's doing and she just kind of like has this nasty undertone definitely and again she's always kind of like trying to upstage Annie and you can tell she wants to be the maid of honor but then Mm -hmm. we find out that her and Lillian haven't even been friends that long they're only friends primarily because Lillian's husband's well not husband at this time but fiance's boss is Helen's husband so they've kind of bonded over that but Annie isn't really on the same level Annie has been a childhood friend so I feel like when you're looking at in terms of who should be a maid of honor I personally would go with a childhood friend Right. It would literally be (laughs) like if I were getting married and I didn't choose you to like be in my bridal party (laughs) and I chose somebody that I met five minutes ago that I work with that I'm only friends with because who I'm marrying is friends. You know, that's so strange. Right. And I think another reason is just because I don't know. I don't even know if they're that close friends to begin with so much as Helen is just really rich. She's very rich and she's very good at pleasing people. She kind Mm -hmm. of reads what Lillian wants and throughout she kind of takes these subtle hints at 
oh, well, Lillian would like this and Lillian would like that. And then she just full throttle is like, okay, well, if Lillian wants it, Lillian's going to have it. So, exactly. uh, I mean, she's almost like a wannabe maid of honor from hell. Yeah, she literally is. So then we're introduced to Megan, who's played by Melissa McCarthy, and she is the sister of the man that Lillian is marrying. And Oh, is that who she is? Yeah, so she's Dougie's sister. That's why throughout she's talking about how Doug's an asshole and Lillian's going to be miserable the rest of her life. So that's kind of like the running joke. She's like, I know my brother and he's an asshole. (laughs) She's so funny because on her introduction, she's telling all I have is the dolphin story. What is that? She was talking about some like spiritual experience she had with a dolphin. Yeah, she's just completely in her own world. She is very... One of the things I really like about the character of Megan is that she's 100% herself unapologetically. And Mm -hmm. a little bit later, you kind of have a moment where she gives you a little bit of insight into how she became that way and how she struggled with people bullying her and picking on her because of her weight and stuff like that when she was younger. And she kind of just decided it's later. It's it's a lot further down the line. But she decided essentially that she wanted to make it big. And we never really get a ton of insight on like her background or anything. It's more so just like this was I was picked on as a child and now I have the highest security clearance in the government. And that's one of my favorite punchlines that she has is when she's telling Annie this later. She keeps saying she's like, I have the highest level of security clearance in the government. Don't repeat that. And then she keeps saying all these different things and she just goes, don't repeat that. (laughs) I missed that part too. I swear I watched this movie. I swear at least once per episode slash movie watching that we have, you always just black out one part. Huh. Anyway, let's move on to Becca because I think Becca falls into a category of something I recently realized not everyone is aware exists, which is the Disney adult. Definitely Becca. (laughs) and let's just quick explanation for those of you who are not familiar with a disney adult in your life just a person who whose life really revolves around disney and everything is happily ever after and everything is like disney themed in their life and it's just very um as if a (laughs) a child was given a grown-up life to live in for a day but just continuously they're very constantly optimistic what you think a typical disney cast member would be constantly smiling and perky and all that that is becca yeah just so cringe cringe to the highest extreme and becca's played by ellie kemper who i know a lot of people know her from the office i personally Mm -hmm. got more familiar with her in unbreakable kimmy schmidt which funny enough she (laughs) actually is in that with john ham and he plays like the preacher who abducted her and the whole plot is crazy if you've never seen unbreakable kimmy schmidt it's a wild show it is funny i watched the first season of it and i think i i do this thing where like if i binge the first season of something and then the second season comes out like way later i can't get back into it but it was a really good show highly recommend it and then we get introduced to rita who's the final of the bridesmaids group and and she's lillian's cousin so you have this core group of women we're introduced to them and we're then kind of taken into a little subplot with Annie because, again, the story essentially follows Annie more so than any of them. But like we mentioned, we open with John Hamm and they're kind of just fuck buddies, for lack of a better term. Oh, yeah. And he's a total asshole to her. He wakes up in the morning and straight up tells her, he's like, you slept over. I, I thought we had a rule <laughs> against that. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And he goes, oh, no, don't worry. And then he just goes, 
you know, like, I really want you to leave, but like, I just don't know how, don't to, know sound, how to say, I it. don't know how to say it without <laughs> sounding like a dick. So it's this really uncomfortable moment. And you're getting a little bit of insight into the kind of men that Annie keeps in her life. It's the but way he says, oh, wow. I just like really want you to leave. <laughs> right as they're kissing, they like start making yeah. out and then he just stops and he goes, wow, I just really <laughs> want you to leave. It's a, it's a really well-written moment. Like he's just so serious. Like, does not want her there at all. But this is where we get introduced to Rhodes. And he's, I guess, the heroine of Annie's life. He's <laughs> the guy that's just nice. Essentially, it's funny. Their relationship starts out because he's a police officer. And he pulls her over because her taillights are out. Uh-huh. But when they're talking and he's writing up the ticket for her, he realizes that Annie used to own a bakery on the street that he lives on called Cake Baby. And he was like, oh, my God, you had the best cakes. But Annie sadly went out of business because, as she puts it, I was the idiot who opened a bakery during the recession. So that's kind of the explanation behind her failure to launch syndrome, I guess, is that she tried to make it big and then it flopped. And now she just doesn't know what to do with her life. So she's in this just awkward Mm -hmm. state of working at a jewelry store and living with these two roommates who are super invasive and just trying to figure out her life. But once she meets Rhodes things kind of start to go good for her, even though she doesn't have any intention of like making anything romantic at first. But as the film progresses, she does start to develop a relationship with him. And at one point, they even go far enough to hook up. So one of the important moments right after she meets Rhodes is when she hangs out with Helen for the first time. And I I can't remember, was it... Because I know some of the other bridesmaids are there too, but could Lillian like not come to that? Or did she just want them to hang out? one-on-one at the tennis match yeah oh it was just helen and annie trying to get to know each other and they were just playing doubles with two other randoms i'm making things up again all right yeah and that's like a super aggressive moment and it's like (laughs) i love when they start like smacking each other in the tits with like (laughs) tennis balls they're trying to play tennis and (laughs) beat each other obviously but They're so adamant about just making sure that the other one looks bad that essentially they're just smacking the tennis ball into each other on purpose. And I think the punchline of this is Helen's kids are watching the game. So you're seeing this dramatic like slow-mo of like tennis balls hitting them in the boobs and in the face. And then it just cuts to her kids and her son just goes, I've seen better tennis playing in a tampon commercial. (laughs) I love it. Oh, in this this scene, um, Helen's stepkids come up and you can definitely tell i don't think we ever meet her husband do we we do just briefly we never like he doesn't really talk he's kind of just arm candy for her in like two scenes okay yeah he's older than her for sure right because his kids are like 15 i don't know if he's older than her per se but he was married before her she's their stepmother okay and (laughs) the kid like the guy her stepson sorry is from Victorious. Oh, yeah, Robbie. He's the one that says the line about the tampon playing, uh, the better tennis playing in tampon commercial. <laughs> I love him. I He, like, popped up, and I don't think I had ever made that connection in my head before. I was like, oh, my God, that's Robbie. Iconic. So after this tennis scene, it cuts to a few days later, and Annie takes Lillian and the other bridesmaids for some Brazilian food before their bridesmaids dress fitting. And they get out of the car, and it looks a little bit sketch, but... Lillian's like, trust me, Annie knows what she's doing. She always brings me to these really weird looking places, but it always ends up being like incredible food. So they go in super confident. They're all loading up their plates, except for Helen. Helen's eating a salad. And this is one of those Brazilian steakhouses where they bring 
all of the food on a stick and just tell you how much you want on your plate and you tell them when to stop. So mm-hmm. they're all chowing down and Helen's like, oh, you know, I don't I don't like to eat heavy before a dress fitting. But Lillian exploded. <laughs> exactly. And so Lillian excuses herself to go to the restroom. And this is where you get a moment where they decide to talk about the bridal shower and the bachelorette party. And when they bring up the bridal shower, Annie actually already has an idea. Lillian's always wanted to go to Paris. And so Annie decides that they should have a Paris themed bridal shower. And she even goes far enough to give like certain details of we'll have little French cookies with Lillian and Doug written on it. And We'll have French invitations and it'll just be a whole ordeal. Everyone's on board with it, except, of course, Helen, who says, oh, you know, like, that's a good idea. I just I think we could do better, you know. I think does anybody else have ideas? And this is where we get that Disney adult line from Becca. And she's like, what if we do a Pixar theme? Exactly. So (laughs) you're getting all these ideas. Megan is like female (laughs) fight club. Let's grease up. And she comes out and it's like, surprise. And then we just beat the shit out of her. Oh my god, that's such a great line. And then Rita wants to go to Vegas because she said that she's over her husband and kids and she just wants to get away and have uh-huh. fun and an excuse to wear a tube top. So they're all kind of just like, okay, well, we'll figure this out later. And then it They're cuts- all kind of like having a selfish moment. Like they all kind of just want to do what they would want instead. Right. So then it cuts to the dress fitting and this is where all hell just breaks loose iconic scene this is what bridesmaids is known for (laughs) so they go to a very upscale dress shop belle en blanc and as they enter at first annie's like oh we're here to try on dresses and they're like um you need an appointment and we don't have any availability but then helen intervenes and she's like oh my god it's helen and they're like helen of course come in bring all your friends yeah so they're all picking out different dresses that they want to try on and something i didn't mention although maybe you can imply is Annie's a little bit more on the poor side. Her business went under. She works in a jewelry shop, doesn't make a ton of money, kind of living paycheck to paycheck here. But Helen finds a bridesmaid's oh, and dress. In the scene, sorry, in the scene before this, she was also like she couldn't pay rent. Like she didn't have her rent to pay that month. Right. She said it was coming the next week. So yeah. again, that paycheck to paycheck life, we're getting that full, full uh transparency. And Helen picks out a dress. It's a French Bernays. And she's like, ladies, I don't think we could do better than this. It's an $800 bridesmaid's dress. Yeah. Annie even says something. She's like, oh, it's $800. And she's like, oh, my God, are you kidding? It's on sale. And all the girls are like, oh, my God, that's so great. (laughs) So then Annie's just going around looking at dresses purely based on the price tag. And she finds one. And she's like, oh, what do you guys think about this? It's, It's flowy. And it has pockets. And it's cheap. And, of course, Helen's just like, oh, you know, that's nice. But I just I don't think there's going to be anything better than this. So they all decide that they're going to try on dresses and yeah, another note for everybody. I'm not coming to your wedding. If you're going to make me pay $800 for a dress, I'm going to wear one time. No, thank you. Count me out. <laughs> and then another thing that we should mention is that Lillian had her measurements sent off to get this giant custom designer wedding dress. So they have her try on one of the old designers wedding dresses to make sure that she's not going to be upscaled because that was Annie's reasoning at first. She said, oh, we shouldn't get this fancy dress because we'll upscale Lillian. And Lillian's like, well, don't worry about me. You're not going to upscale me. But they're trying on all these dresses, including Lillian in this giant designer wedding dress. And all of a sudden- It's like a bird. (laughs) It does. It has a little bit of like a poof to it in the bottom. And like this very long train. It's very extravagant. But as they're trying on dresses, Megan starts to like burp and fart. 
And she's just like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, I don't know what's come over me. And then she's like, you know what? I, I don't care which dress we pick. I just, I need to go to the restroom. And then all of a sudden, progressively, everyone starts one by one, one by one. <laughs> and Helen's like, oh my God, everyone got food poisoning from the Brazilian restaurant Annie took us to. And Annie's standing there like, what? No, no, I, I had the same thing that they had and I feel fine. And it's very... This, like, it's like a standoff between the two of them, like Helen and Annie. Because Helen's very, you know, it's because of that restaurant you took us to and Annie's like I feel fine like I'm good I'm not <laughs> she's like very obviously holding back vomit well she's like dripping sweat too yeah, and she's she just like oh Helen's like I think you'd feel a lot better if you just throw up and Annie's like you know what I'm actually hungry and of course Helen <laughs> has something she comes up with a bowl of Jordan almonds and Annie's like oh this, this is exactly what I wanted mm-hmm. and she puts a Jordan almond in her mouth and slowly chews and she's like yeah, yeah I was just hungry mm-hmm. we cut to the bathroom and all hell is breaking <laughs> loose Rita is puking her guts chaos. out Becca is also puking her guts out Megan is sitting on the sink shitting her brains out (laughs) and she's screaming she's like it's coming out of me like lava look away (laughs) and so you're getting just so much chaos and of course the the people running the store are like oh my god you guys can't do this get out of here no no and Lillian's like Annie I think everyone got food poisoning but then Lillian has that moment of realization that it's hitting Mm -hmm. her and she's in this huge wedding dress so she's like oh my god I I need to find a bathroom so she runs out of the building and as she's running across the street and mind you this is like a public street she just stops in the middle of the road and she's like, it's it's happening. It's happening. And <laughs> she, she slowly just, goes down. She slowly goes down. And then the cars are like honking and she's like flagging them past and stuff. And you see Annie on the side of the street and she's just like, well, yep, you're, you're really doing it. You're shitting in the street. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so we have this like oh iconic God. scene that so many people, even if you haven't seen Bridesmaids, I'm sure you've you heard know of what that scene or like yeah. heard a quote from it. It's iconic. And we then cut to this awkward car ride where Lillian and Annie are just driving home and Annie's like, you know, I I really don't think it was the food. Like maybe it wasn't the food. And Lillian's just like, I shit in the street. (laughs) (laughs) And my my absolute favorite too is that as all this is going on, Helen's just standing there and she looks at the lady and she just goes, you know, we'll just take the French Bernays. It's much better. Yeah. Oh my God. That scene is start to finish. One of the best, like, moments in comedic film. Absolutely. And I I don't know how much of it was improv versus scripted because I did read that a lot of the scenes, just a lot of the scenes specifically with the group of actresses that are, like, at the core of this were made up of improv and they kind of spent, like, oh, wow. a week or two prior to filming mapping out some improv so they could incorporate it into the script a bit more, like, organized. So I don't know if this was more improv or scripted, but either way... It is funny. Yeah, that's really interesting to see it all kind of play out and have the film like as a whole seeing like knowing that a lot of that is improv. That's really impressive. That speaks a lot to their comedic abilities. And that actually brings us to honestly an even more iconic scene, probably the most quotable scene in this movie. So after the whole food poisoning incident, we cut to a few days later and Annie wants to you know, do better as the maid of honor because she got everyone Mm -hmm. food poisoning. So on her budget, she's like coming up with ideas for the bachelorette party and she emails all of the bridesmaids and she's just like, I came up with a great idea. Let's go to Lillian's parents' lake house. We used to go there all the time as kids. She's going to love it. And you see her like so excited. She's smiling as she's typing this email up. 
And within like three seconds of her clicking send, her phone rings and it's Helen. And Helen's like, I just got your email, Lake House. Um, I don't really know if that's that's a good idea. And she's just like, oh, well, you know, we went there all the time as kids. Mm-hmm. But then another line rings and it's Rita. And Rita's like, hi, Annie. So I saw your email and I don't know. I just, I want a reason to get away and pull out my tube top and just go crazy. (laughs) But then it cuts and Becca calls and she's just like, Annie, Helen just called me and she said, we're going to Vegas. And Annie's like, um, what, what Vegas? Like, we're not going to Vegas. And then she's like, oh, oh, well, Helen said, and Annie's like, um, hold on, let me, let me call you back. And Becca, of course, is like, oh, sure, 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 Disney adult. And we, (laughs) we go back to Rita and Rita's just like, I'm thinking Vegas. I want balls in my face. And Annie's just like, you know, I I don't think we're in unison here. And it cuts to Helen. And she's just like, I think that Vegas is the best option. So then it cuts and they're boarding the plane to go to Vegas. But another thing that I should mention is Annie also has a fear of flying. And that comes into play. Becca even brings it up. She's like, Annie, I know you're scared of flying, but I don't know. This is kind of exciting. And I think the scene, so up until now, we've seen the bridesmaids is like kind of one cohesive group, but in the plane scene, they kind of break off into smaller pairs that kind of stick throughout the rest of the film and create like little comedic bits between the two of them. So Megan's always solo pretty much on her own. She's always doing her own thing, but she gets sad next to this guy who she's convinced from the moment she sits down is an air marshal. She's like, I gotta know where you keep the gun, man. And that actor is actually her husband in real life. No way. Are you serious? Yeah. So I thought that was hilarious because their chemistry is absolutely off the rails here. Oh my god. I think that's like one of the best interactions through like in this entire film. Like that comedic bit that they have. Like, I gotta know where you keep the gun. <laughs> so good. So speaking of seating, everyone is seated in first class except for Annie. And mm-hmm. if you're wondering why, it cuts to it. And Lillian's like, I feel bad that Annie's like sitting back there and coached by herself. And Helen's like, you know, I offered to buy her ticket, but she's just too proud. Yeah. But that kind of gives that physical separation because the other group is obviously Helen, Annie, and Lillian. And that's like the three of them, but they're competing for like a two spot. So kind of kicking Annie out of that physically gets that barrier between them, which is really cool. And then (laughs) I think one of my favorite mini groups that we break off into here is Rita and Becca and Becca's obviously like super innocent and Rita's just like a very trapped mother who wants to be crazy and wild and like relive her 20s (laughs) and Becca's just only ever been with my husband isn't it so magical but then she Becca's Becca's opened up kind of to like <laughs> this like gritty nature that Rita has. And she, she, she like is learning a lot of things throughout the film. And once we take off, alcohol begins to get poured. Oh, God. And that kind of just completely turns the scene to where it goes. Annie, of course, being terrified of flying, runs up as they're ascending. And she's kind of just like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. And Helen's like oh, well, here, take two of these. I take them all the time. It'll just put you right out, and when you wake up, we'll be there. It's implied that it's Xanax, essentially. So Annie takes it. She's like, wow, okay, thanks, Helen. 
And she goes back to her seat and she's just But like, she's also sat next to like another nervous flyer. So as soon as they start taking off the other she's like, you know, I'm a really nervous flyer. And the girl next to her is like, I was dream last night that we went down. So then Helen comes back and Annie's just like, you know, pill, pill's not really kicking in. So Helen gives her her scotch and she's like, take my scotch. It'll just give the pill the kick that it needs. I do it all the time. So Annie just downs the scotch because the girl sitting next to her is just like, I would just just toss it back, just toss it back. And then yeah. she just chugs this glass of scotch. And then it gets fun because we go back to first class and the curtain that separates first class and coach just swings open and in comes Annie. And she's just like, I'm so relaxed. And thank you, Helen. And I'm ready to party. And she's just <laughs> drunk and off the rails here yeah so the flight attendants are getting a little bit irritated with her because she keeps coming into first class they're like ma'am you can't come in here and she starts going back and forth the flight attendant's name is steve and she looks at his name tag and is just like stove and he's like <laughs> my, my name is steve and she's like are you an appliance and he's like my name is steve and she goes you're a flight attendant <laughs> oh my god it's just so funny i can't even describe it I genuinely mean this. If you have not seen Bridesmaids, you have to at least just look up the airplane scene because that <laughs> alone is iconic enough. I honestly forgot about this scene until I was doing it like a rewatch. I'm not like, I don't have this movie memorized or anything. I know you know it way better than me, but I forgot that this scene happened and it's just so great. So essentially stuff just goes crazy. Annie can't even handle her like, person anymore she's beyond saving she's wandering she's like around the tripping plane at one point she like starts seeing a colonial woman on the wing of the plane right so then she goes over the intercom and she's like there's a colonial woman she's turning butter on the plane there's something <laughs> they're not telling us we need to get out of here and the flight <laughs> attendants of course are like let's stop her but then the guy that megan was seated next to and she's like you're an air marshal and they've been having this bit where he's like i'm not an air marshal you're insane for thinking that he jumps up and he's like everyone remain calm i'm an air marshal i'm an air and Megan, marshal megan's like i knew it don't I worry i got it. your back i got your back so annie's <laughs> running from him around the plane and megan ends up tackling annie and they get escorted off the plane in wyoming not vegas oh my god so you have some tension because annie clearly has ruined the bachelorette party and on their bus ride home, I guess, because they're not going to Vegas at this point, Lillian has a conversation with her because Annie's like, please let me make it up to you. I promise the bridal shower will be everything. And Lillian's like, I think that the pressure is getting to you. And I would really prefer if Helen took the reins now. And you can tell Annie's really hurt by this, but she's kind of just like, if that's what you want, Lillian, like, that's fine. This is your wedding. So then- mm -hmm. You cut to like just a really sad scene because Annie's kind of realized that she keeps messing all these different things up, but she turns to Rhodes, the traffic cop, and they end up going on like a little date and talking about a bake, uh, how he like misses her bakery and all that stuff. But they end up hooking up and that kind of is like a big turner for Annie as a character because she stays over and when she wakes up Rhodes is like awake and he's made her coffee and she's just like oh well like I'm sorry for sleeping over because flashback that's what she's used to with Ted yeah and Ted was like you're not supposed to sleep over and that kind of shows that that's how Annie views herself as just this expendable person that goes in and out of these guys lives and Rhodes is just like oh no I'm, I'm glad you did like 
I thought we could spend the day together, but he actually surprises her because when she goes out of the bedroom, he has a whole baking station set up and he's like, I figured we could bake because it's what you love to do. But Annie, we also should have mentioned when she opened her bakery, opened it with her ex-boyfriend. So it kind of just isn't really her passion anymore. She doesn't feel the same about it. And she tells him, she's like, I'm not in the mood to bake. And he's like, well, you're so good at it. And she's just like, you don't know me. And they end up having this huge falling out where she's just like, you don't know me. Stop pretending you know me. But Rhodes is just like, I'm just trying to be nice. Why are you being so rude to me? And they essentially just part ways on not the greatest terms. Yeah. And that kind of throws us into Annie's like all hope is lost moment. She literally gets into a fight with a teenager like at her job and then she loses her job george calls her and is like i get it you don't want to see me and then she also gets kicked out of her apartment that she was sharing so she's kind of like hit complete rock bottom and in the middle of all this she got the invite to the she got the invite to the bridal shower and it's paris themed and helen kind of just took her idea from her after telling her it was a bad idea and is taking like all the credit for everything that annie was doing and trying to weasel her way into being Lillian's best friend. It's like really messed up. But this is her rock bottom. All hope is lost. There's nowhere to go from here. And she ends up going to the party. And it's just, it's so absurd. Like it is so over the top. She gets like pink lemonade upon the entrance. And then they're all, they all enter on horses. And so as she's walking through the party, you realize that Helen essentially took all of her ideas from the dinner. She has the cookies with Lillian and Doug printed on it, and they're dipping them in chocolate fondue, and they have a giant chocolate fountain in the middle of everything. So Annie kind of feels a sense of betrayal, but she reunites with Lillian, and she's just like, hey, is everything okay between us? And Lillian's like, yeah, of course, I've been meaning to call you. I've just been so busy. But you can tell it's more one of those, I'm just going to say everything's okay, even though there is still a bit of resentment towards you. And I think I forgot to mention back when they were brainstorming this idea, Annie wanted the theme to be Paris because Lillian had always wanted to travel to Paris, but had never been able to. So when we go to the bridal shower, they start opening gifts and Annie made a handmade keepsake box with pictures and little trinkets from her and Lillian's childhood growing up. And it's all of like Lillian's favorites from the town they grew up in. It's a super sweet present. And Helen, right after Annie gives her this present, is just like, oh, you know, like, I'm so sorry. I was just so busy planning the shower that I only really had time to get you this card. I'm so sorry. Which Lillian then opens to reveal that Helen is taking her to Paris. Right. And so that throws Annie into this, like, <laughs> have you you've seen Black Mirror, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know that? It's like one of the first episodes where she goes to the, the wedding and she completely ruins everything. Yeah. That's exactly what this scene is like. Very just, much nosedive vibes. Yeah, just throwing everything on the floor, like trying to tip over the, all the chocolate fountain. Like just Annie is, again, rock bottom, but it's now for everybody to see. And she's having like a complete episode. And this is kind of her semi-permanent falling out with Lillian. Like she has a bigger falling out with her that obviously gets resolved around the wedding, but throws her into, I don't have anybody anymore. Like, I don't even have Lillian anymore, and I was already hanging on to that by a thread. So, Annie gets in a hit and run, and when her car breaks down, she calls the 
cops and who shows up but Rhodes. She had already called Ted to come pick her up, so now we have this really awkward moment between like Rhodes and Ted, and she's like literally physically stuck in between both of them. Well, and it's really awkward and sad because Rhodes is talking to her before Ted shows up, and he's just like, I really cared about you, and you just pushed me away for some reason, and you keep pushing away all these people that care about you. Mm-hmm. And then Ted pulls up and he's just like, Hey, fuck, buddy, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> Like, totally breaking that, like, sweet conversation he was trying to have. Oh, it's so sad. But she really does, like, kind of stick up for herself on the way back because she realizes how gross Ted is and how, like, little that he gives her. And so she she tells us, she's like, I would literally rather walk home than spend 30 minutes in the car with you. Let me out. And that gets instigated because after, like, this awful day that she's had, when they're driving home, he kind of is, like, hinting that he wants her to give him a blowjob. And she's just yeah. like, no, no. And he's like what's the matter? And she's like, can you just pull over? And he's just like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. And she's like, no, let me out of the car. I don't want to be in this yeah. car with you anymore. So she kind of is having this realization. And this is where you start to see Annie kind of have a little bit of self-worth and turn her life around a little bit. Right. So then she gets that conversation. I think you were talking about it earlier with Megan, where Megan's having that like more serious moment with her. And she's like, you know, you yeah. got to get it together, man. Like I, I guess I blacked out during that whole part where she has her, like, super deep moment. But it was nice that we got that moment from Megan. I don't think it would have been as effective had it been from, like, Helen or had it been from Becca. Certainly not from Becca. Or had it been from Rita. Like, do you agree? I do agree. I think that Megan always, through the entire movie, has always kind of been that voice of reason and voice of just owning yourself. And she even says, because when she's there, Annie's like, I don't have any friends. And Megan's just like, I think it's funny that you say you don't have any friends as I'm standing right here. Yeah. Oh, that's such a cute moment. (laughs) And this is kind of where Annie realizes, because Megan made her realize that if you want to change your life and you want to, like, stop having all these terrible things happen to you, you are responsible to change it. It's up to you. So Annie is like, I'm going to turn my life around starting with Rhodes. And she tries to fix this by baking him a cake because he was so fond of her cakes when she owned a bakery. And she bakes him a cake in the shape of a carrot and it says, I'm sorry. And she leaves it on his doorstep. And we have this montage where raccoons are eating it because he decided not to take it off the front doorstep. And Annie kind of is just really upset about it and nothing's going great. But you know what? She's trying at this point. And that's better than where she was earlier. Yeah. And then obviously we get to... The wedding day, and Annie's mother is like, "Oh yeah, are you gonna go to the wedding?" Blah blah. blah. And she's like, "No, I don't. I don't think I'm welcome there." And then Helen shows up, and she's like, "Lily's missing," <laughs> which I think is a trope that we kind of get a lot in wedding comedies. I think that's just total side note here. I think it's so funny that that's kind of like a genre is like wedding comedy. Oh yeah, the bride being a runaway bride on the day of her wedding. Yeah, but even like all these, there's there's so many wedding comedies. Why is that a genre? Anyway, that's just like a random thought I had. Like, it's, it's such a not funny moment. But think back to how many movies about weddings you used to watch like all the time. No, I know. And I'm just, it's funny to me that they're so successful because like weddings aren't supposed to be like funny and like, I don't know. It's funny that that became a whole thing. Anyway, so Lily's not, nobody can find her. And Helen's like looking all, all over all morning, can't find her anywhere. And the wedding's today, we gotta get everything's gotta be perfect. And I don't know what to do. But she's, I think this shows that Helen's not really, she's not really Lillian's 
friend. Because if she was, she would have known where to look for her. But Annie and Helen team up and they kind of make amends with each other. And piece by piece, we're starting to bandage everything up. And we get this really great car scene, the car montage, (laughs) where she tries to get Rhodes' attention because, you know, he's a cop. He's going to have resources to try and help them out. And they're just doing all these things to try and get pulled over. And she's, like, naked at one point, And she's pretending to drink. And she's literally doing, like, donuts in the road. And and he's ignoring her through all of this. And he only really comes to, like, acknowledge her after she hits his car. Yeah. But he ends up helping her. And they find her back at her apartment. And Lillian's kind of sad that everything's changing and it's a really sweet moment that they have back and she's like nothing's ever going to be the same again and then we see the wedding dress for the first time which is horrendous yeah it's really bad it's all feathers and there's like a hat with like a mesh veil but it just doesn't match it is very over the top and not not a move. Yeah. And I, I love that this is always a thing in like wedding movies too. It's like the wedding dress is ugly. Let's us not seamstresses at all fix it up together. <laughs> so they end up fixing her wedding dress somehow. Like they have the like, Off magical camera, of course. Yeah, they have these magical skills, but we go to the wedding, everything's beautiful, everyone gets married, Annie and Helen have a moment, and then Annie and George make up and Happily ever after, we get our Disney moment. Um, you failed to mention the biggest surprise of the wedding. Wilson Phillips shows up and sings "Hold On." Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of like a nod because when Annie gives Lillian the box at the bridal shower, there's a Wilson Phillips CD in it, and they mention how when they were in high school together, they used to always listen to "Hold On" together. So when Helen took over, she booked Wilson Phillips to try and be like, "Oh, it's Lillian's favorite band, Wilson Phillips." But it was just so random. And I love Hold On by Wilson Phillips. It's a great driving song, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, it was just such a blitz. I remember when she was like, ladies and gentlemen, Wilson Phillips. The first time I saw this, I was just like, why? Like, how? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So 1 to 10, how do you feel about this movie? I love this movie so much. I think it's a definitive comedy. I think people need to see it. If you haven't seen it yet, absolutely must watch. I'm going to give it an 8.5. All right, heard. How about yourself? I'd probably give it an 8. Similar reasons. I think it's an amazing comedy. Just comedy is not really my thing. It's not my favorite movie of all time. But yeah, a solid 8. I think it's a good watch anytime, really. Okay. Well, I think we're pretty much in sync on that. I had no hesitation in that. So um, with that, I am going to go ahead and say that if you guys enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and give us a follow at BTST Podcast on Twitter or Instagram. And if you want to join our film discussion, let us know what you thought about Bridesmaids. Or if you have any upcoming film suggestions for us, go ahead and shoot us an email at btstpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe if you enjoyed today's episode and make sure to join us next time for Disney's Cruella. And just a note here, we're going to be changing up the way that we record and release our episodes. We're not going to be giving you guys an episode earlier in the week. Think like Sunday through Wednesday. And then our second one is going to be released later in the week. So Thursday through Saturday release. That's just going to give us a little more flexibility, better episodes for you guys and more flexibility on when we can release it. If it's like Sean said earlier to me, special days, like we can release maybe a Mean Girls episode on a Wednesday now. Because on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Absolutely. So with that being said, I'm Sean. And I'm Kat. 
And this has been another episode of Been There, Seen That. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.